we pray, we come before you, God. We bow our hearts before you, Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that you would grant to us, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with power through your spirit in our inner man, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, God, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled up to all the fullness of you, God. Now to you who are able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to that power that works in us. To you be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. How we need you. Last week we spoke of some of the attributes of God, and we have even learned some of them here. I've taught on them that God is one, that he's omnipresent, that he's omniscient, that he's omnipotent, that he's immutable. There's no one like him faithful like him, great like him, perfect like him. He's holy. He's just. He's wisdom. And those attributes encourage me so much to know those things about God. But there is nothing that can reach out to us, that can touch our heart, that can draw us to him and knit our soul to him. But one thing, because these attributes, we can see them in God, but we still stand aloof from him. But he is love, and he loves us. And so that knits our heart together with him. We can come to him because we know that he loves us. We are drawn to him by that love, and then we receive that love, and we live in that love. And that love is a constant thing. It will never fail. It will never stop. He loves us. And he's manifested that love to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is this, this love of God that sons of God, believers, the body of Christ, the family of God, we're to be rooted and grounded in that love. We're to be securely settled and deeply founded in God's love. Thoroughly established in God's love. Because we're born of that love. So then we're growing out of that love. 1 John 4.19 says we love because he first loved us. So we must be thoroughly established in God's love, in his love for us, the love that he has for us to be who God created us to be. And we're a family. And we have the same father. Part of our family is in heaven and part of our family is here. Verse 15 in Ephesians 3, that we prayed, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And that word here used for family is from the word father. And every body of beings in earth or in heaven, united under one common fatherhood and bearing the name of the common ancestor. And you know how that impresses you if you know the, the name of someone and you, you know, okay, they're, you know, that, he's their father and they're from that family. And we are under that name. 
the name of our Father. If any group of people bears the great name of family, the great reason is that God is the Father of it. Some are in heaven, some are here. God spoke about it. And we all worship a common father having his name. There's one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Our father, our father who art in heaven, we're brothers and we have one Lord. And Christ dwelling in us is that great unifier. He molds us to his purposes and secures our vital brotherhood. We have a brotherhood. And he is the object and the instigator of our love. The selfish, loveless life is gone. We've been expressing our love tonight and today, this morning, for, for our God. Now there is a loving, devoted life. Verse 18 in Ephesians 3. And it's talking about the strengthening power of his spirit in our inner man, according to the riches of his glory, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Then verse 18 says, so that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, so that something will happen, that we may be filled up to, the, to all the fullness of God. And so it's that may be able, I have strength for and am perfectly able to do this. I have strength for it. And I'm able to comprehend, I'm able to understand it. With all the saints, the great community, of all the saints that have been experiencing the love of God on earth and in heaven, those that are in heaven now. The individual, as he is never other than a member of Christ, is never other than a member of his brethren. We're one. We're a family. The word says, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And the grace and the light that I have are to contribute to the whole of the true church. And the grace and the light that you have are, contribute to, are to contribute to the whole of the true church, just like, like my part. You have a part. We all have a part that we would receive from each other. The whole body is being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. And that proper working comes about from knowing the love of God of God first knowing that love he's the healer he's the healer of of every part of us he comes and he heals us and he heals our broken heart thank you God I can't say to you I don't need you and you aren't 
spiritually mature if you're not with a body of believers. You might know the word. You might know all kinds of things, but unless you're with a body of believers and you're letting that love, that God kind of love work in you, you're not, you're not mature. That's the word of God. So we are to know the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And some say that it's the mystery of the free gift of salvation through Christ of the Gentiles and everyone, Jew, Gentile, everyone. Or it's expressing the strongest sense of the greatness of the love of the Redeemer. But if we broke those things down, the breath, the breadth of it is that it's extended to all. It's extended to all. The length of it is that it was decreed from eternity and reaches from eternity to eternity. The height of it makes sinners heirs of God, bringing them to glory, raising them up with Christ. And the depth of that love, Christ descended to hell. But also he lowered himself, he humbled himself to reach you and me. He, as far down as, as we were, that's how far he would go. And farther, in another sense, wherever you look, if you look at the breadth or length or height or depth, whichever way you're looking, there's more. It goes beyond that. God's love does. And we will spend the ages seeing God's love and experiencing it. So the writer who wrote my favorite hymn about love, when he says, just, just think about this. Could we, with ink, the ocean fill? Think about that. Think about if the, all the water on this planet were ink. And were the skies of parchment made? If, the, if all the sky around the whole earth was a parchment, were every stalk on earth a quill. And every man, every single person, a scribe by trade to write the love of God above. It would drain the ocean dry. You cannot come to the end of it. Nor could the scroll contain the whole Though stretched from sky to sky, oh God, your great love that you have loved us with. Oh God, 
even with divine revelation, which I believe is happening to us, to each one of us, even with divine revelation, we can't reach the end of it ever. Human understanding can't touch the knowledge of God's love. It says that it surpasses knowledge. But this love, when we know it together, when I care about you knowing it, and you know one act of love does more than talking about it in a ton of sermons. That's the love of God, the love of God. God didn't talk about it. He's not all talk. His love acted so that we could be his. And that great sacrifice, it, it was a great sacrifice. It was very expensive to save us. Thank you, God. 1 John 4 We'll look at verse 7. First John 4, 7 says this, Beloved, let us love one another. Real, really love one another. Like the lay down your life for one another kind of love. I don't have that in me, but God's in me, and he is love. He is that kind of love in me. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And it says, not that we loved God, so I wasn't doing anything that would cause God to say, Okay, Chris, I'll come and get you. I'll come all that way to get you because I'm down here going, oh, I love you, God. I love you, God, but I don't know how to get to you. Oh, will you help me? Will you help me? I wasn't doing that. According to God's word, I was his enemy. I wasn't even thinking about him at all. So there wasn't anything within me that was, that was showing any kind of love to God where he would love me back. It says that we just read it, not that we love God, but that he loved us. He loved me. He loved us. He loved us when we were at our worst. 
Oh, what love. What great love. So can I love someone when they're not doing anything to love me first, love me back, do something for me, give me something? That's the God kind of love. That's the love that we're to have for each other. Let's read verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. So that has to happen for his love to be perfected in us. That we love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Jesus talked about it. In John 17, verse 20, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their words. So that's each one of us sitting here. He's asking for us. He's praying for us. That they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. No one has seen God at any time. But if you love, the world can see something. Verse 22, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. What a thing to show the world. And God has put himself within us so that we'll be able to do that. I was having my time with the Lord. This just came out of my, my heart. So I wrote it down. I'm not reading it because it's like a great poem, but it's what came out of me. There is a great love that has come to me. There is a great lover who possesses me. There is a holy, H-O-L-Y, and a holy, like the whole thing, W-H-O-L-L-Y, a holy divine love inside me. And with that love, I love thee. I love you, God, with that love. With that love. He loved me, and I love you back, God. We love you back. We've been praising and worshiping here tonight. Do you think that, that God is blessed by that and thinks that we love him? Oh, I think he does. Back to 1 John 4, 20. 
Well, we can start in verse 19. There is a great love that has come to me. Wow. God himself. God has come to me. God is love. There is a great love that has come to me. There's a great lover who possesses me. There's a holy divine love inside me. And with that love, I love thee. But let's, let's read 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. So with that love that I love thee with, it's the love that I love you with. It's the love that I love the brotherhood with, the family of God. That love. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 describes love and describes how love is and describes the love of God, but it's such an eye-opener because it says that it's patient and kind. And then it talks about the things that is not. Because we experience those things as human beings. It says love is not jealous. But I find that in me. That's in me. Except for God's in me. And I can keep my heart open to God. Where in, the, in my belly, where, the, he, where Jesus said, Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, who hadn't been given yet, because Jesus was not glorified. But Jesus is glorified now, and the Holy Spirit is in me. He's talking about God himself being on the inside of me, and God is love, and that love is in me. And we can let that river flow out of us. Oh, God. Lord, I didn't know... Um, if I was going to, oh gosh, uh, share this or not, but I, uh, when I woke up, I had a burden for somebody because uh, as I was um, realizing um, the situa situation that they're in, there's guilt from decisions that were made in the past. Even though this person is a believer, there's that guilt that causes them to be motivated at times by that guilt. And then the people that were um, in, involved in those decisions, that it appeared that they were suffering because of it, are a reminder but is God a redeemer or not? We've all made wrong decisions that have hurt others. And I, I realized that, um, so Satan is manipulating that through people 
in this person and they're living outside of the will of God because it's not God's will for us to be living in guilt from things that we've done in the past, wrong decisions that we that's not God's will. We know that. But yet we can fall into that trap if we listen to the wrong voices. Then I realize that this is the condition of every person. It is. That's why we must do Colossians 3, 1, 4. Keep your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Renew your mind with the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. He wants to help us all the time so much. And there's people in that situation. So if, if there's somebody in, in let's, like, let's say they're in our body, and they're being motivated that way, and they're doing things that way, and you think, come on, come on, you know, go to Jesus, just come on. But we do that in love, out of love, not getting frustrated or irritated or short with them in any way, realizing that we have things, you know, each one of us have things where we fall short with one another. But when I fall short, because I, I'm not doing it on purpose, like I'm not, not saying hi to you or not not giving you attention or not listening to, or I, I don't forget what I was supposed to remember on purpose <laughs> because I don't do that. And so I just give myself a pass. Well, I forgot. What can I do? <laughs> but you might not, you might not give me a pass on that, but yet you'll give yourself one. But we have to do that for one another all the time because God has this body and this body has this love that is coursing through us and we need all these parts working and this unity that God has in his immense grand plan that is impossible for man but not for him is working. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And just appreciating, I appreciate each one of you so much because I need you. I need you. I was telling Sheila this morning, and it's true, every time I see Sheila, I'm so blessed. She loves Jesus, and she's been faithful to Jesus all the years that I've known her, and before I've even known her, she has. And her whole family blesses me, but there's just something about her, about Sheila. I'm so, like, I'm so glad. Like, she's, she's doing something in our body. Each one of us are. What about what each one of us did tonight when we entered into praise the Lord, when we sensed his presence, and then we were able to open our hearts to him and just give ourselves to him, and nothing matters but you, God. That's all that matters. And then when nothing matters but God, all these things that we have in our humanness just can fall by the wayside, and we can truly, truly, truly love Oh, what a wonderful thing. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your great love. Let's stand.
God, I know that this is going to bear fruit in my life. I know it's going to bear fruit in these lives. Every single one. I know it's going to bear fruit in our church. Oh, I know, God, that we would not only love one another the way that you have created us to love one another, but that we would even reach out to our other brothers and sisters. God, there's a great family. There's a wonderful family. It's your family. You're the Father, and we are named after you, God. There's only one. There's only one God. There's only one family. There's only one faith, only one baptism, only one Lord. Oh, God, thank you for your great plan. Oh, God, I pray that none of us in here are, are going to be ever be accused of being liars because we don't, because we hate a brother. Oh, God, if that starts in us, God, whatever would be the start of that and the root of that, show us we're asking you, God, and you will because you're faithful you're faithful to us, and you're faithful to your plan and who you are. You will show us so that we won't be liars, God. But we'll be able to say, God, I love you. And it will be true because we love our brothers. Thank you for helping us. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.